I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With what we know about football, should Vincent Jackson's death be a shock? We'll discuss an outstanding column written by John Romano. And what is the Tom Brady effect on the NFL right now? What's also wrong with the Lightning? They've lost three of their last four games and suffered their second shutout this year, both to Carolina. We've got all that and more in this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Marina Bay St. Petersburg. Luxury waterfront homes where sports fans and enthusiasts live and play. Marina Bay is a 60-acre gated community on Boca Ciega Bay. All new construction is available Right now, contact them at marinabaystpete.com or call 727-906-3300. I got lots to talk about uh, this morning, today, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening to this podcast, uh, some things over the weekend. One, I want to start with what was just an excellent column by John Romano. And, um, you know, he wrote about Vincent Jackson. Of course, that was all in the news last week, the last couple weeks, actually. And um, we're all still trying to process you know, how this guy, as successful as he was, a beautiful family, wife, all of that, ends up dying in a motel alone uh, in Brandon at a Homewood Suites. None of this makes sense. We don't really have a declaration of, you know, of uh, what caused his death. We don't really know a lot of the circumstances. We're still awaiting autopsy results, which will be many, many weeks away. Um, But we do know this. We do know that... uh, as Romano wrote that, that, you know, it's a headline that hit us really close to home, but it's not one that we haven't seen before. Um, you know, junior Seau on the, on the West coast had, had a similar end to his life. Um, you know, and, and there are many, many other players, uh, that have died way too soon from perhaps, perhaps a victim of the sport, um, as John wrote that helped define them. And yet, you can't ignore it. And he had a chance to talk to Randy Grimes, who was a Bucks center many, many years ago. He's actually uh, their center when I first started covering the Bucks. He's at the end of his career. I'm not sure he missed a game, really, in his career. But he was a, a very good player at a time when the team wasn't very good. He now runs a chapter of uh, uh, Athletes in Recovery, uh, a program um, out of the White Sands Alcohol and Drug Rehab Center uh, in Plant, Plant City. And... You know, he talked to Randy, and Randy made some really good points about how, you know, he wants the stigma of being an alcoholic or a drug addict or having mental health issues taken away. So people will raise their hands and families will ask for help. And he says, you know, unfortunately, it takes something like this to remind us, just like with Junior, Junior Sal, it just doesn't stay in the news long enough. But um, you're always going to hear of another guy and another guy. And this time it's really close to home because it's Vincent Jackson. Now, again, there's been no d- determination of his death, but the clues are, as Sheriff Cronister said, that he was struggling um, uh, with chronic alcoholism, and we knew he struggled with alcohol when he was in San Diego. He had two DUI arrests before he came to the Bucks, and we also know that the family members of the Jacksons um, 
you know, also are concerned that he might have CTE. And so they've uh, donated his brain to Boston University to, um, you know, they pioneered CTE research to see just exactly if that's what has taken place. But, you know, the NFL, has first and foremost, I think they've done some things, um, some major things, and they made strides with helmet safety and uh, all the concussion protocols, although they don't seem to follow them all the time, but uh, also trying to rid themselves of, of a lot of the prescription drug use. But they, they still have a long way to go. And, you know, John's point was, and he wrote that, you know, for an industry that's approaching $20 billion in revenues annually, that's annually, $20 billion, um, there really shouldn't be any excuse for players that fall between the, the cracks here uh, when their careers are over. And, you know, we know the physical toll that it takes on guys, but there's also, you know, psychologically quite an adjustment, you know, CTE or any other problems aside, and an economic adjustment of, you know, going outside your career and when the cheering stops in the NFL. I mean, that is a, a tricky thing. And what's so surprising with Vincent Jackson is it seemed as if he had navigated that almost seamlessly. I mean, he started his um, Jackson in Action 83 foundation before he stopped playing. And he certainly became more involved with it after uh, his playing career. And of course, that helps military families. And we talked about his relationship at McDill and um, places out in San Diego, the bases and stuff out there, the naval bases. And, you know, both his his mom and dad um, served in the armed forces, and they live here now. He brought them here uh, to Tampa. And he also was a restaurateur. I mean, he had, um, you know, several involvements with uh, various restaurants, including um, Cask Social. And so he was visible. He was a guy that, you know, no one hesitated to call on when they needed an appearance. They needed a celebrity. They needed somebody to help out for this or that. He was always there. And I think that's the part that you, you, you just struggle with because, you know, he was he was the guy that seemed to have made that transition. There were other guys, though, that, that made it as well. And one of them is mentioned in the story, and we've talked about him on this podcast, is Tom McHale. And Tom McHale, you know, was a guy that, uh, you know, transferred from Maryland, um, finished his career at Cornell where they don't even have athletic scholarships, and he wound up playing. He was a, he was a good player, wasn't a great player. He wound up playing nine years though in the NFL. And when he got done, he was very successful in starting his own steak restaurant. He was a restaurateur, um, and then him and his wife uh, Lisa, they had uh, three young boys, and he was um, just forty five years old, and wound up dying of an accidental drug overdose. And you know. She had his brain examined and and donated, um, and I believe they they found, you know, CTE there as well. And you know, Lisa is quoted in this column uh, talking about how, you know, you realize that these guys are by all accounts they're great guys and they have supportive families. So when you see this, you wonder like if it can happen to them, it can happen to anybody. And I think what I think what needs to to sort of be done because there are there are ways for players although sometimes it's not as easy as there's a lot of paper and and you know sort of gets gummed up in the works there are ways for players to seek help through the NFL and um you know they have 
various uh, ways of, of contacting, um, you know, professionals for, for all kinds of things, right? But it's, again, it's slow and it's kind of, it, it doesn't really serve every player. And, and the biggest lesson and the biggest point of this column that I took from it is this. You know, these guys are not going to ask for help. Not all of them. In fact, precious few of them will. Certainly Vincent Jackson didn't seem to. Um, and there's probably a lot of them out there right now. And, you know, sadly, we probably would recognize their names if we knew who they, you know, if they were in trouble. But they're not going to tell anybody. But I suspect their families know. And I suspect their friends suspect something. And those that are around them more than their families sometimes, if they work with them, also know. And and there just needs to be a place for those people to go through the NFL and say, hey, this guy, Vincent Jackson, right, or name the player, something is not right. He's not, you know... He's struggling with alcohol or he's struggling with, you know, financially um, or he's struggling with relationships or whatever, you know, making the transition from football to, you know, post-football career life. There, there's any number of problems. They have real problems just like all of us. I mean, you know, we, we think of them as these gladiators and, you know, they have millions of dollars and beautiful houses and, you know, Palmacia and all this and you know, you just assume that, well, with all of that, what could they be struggling with? Well, they are struggling. And sometimes they have pressures that we would never be able to identify with. So I just, I feel like the league, and, and I think this is a point of Romano's column is, you know, with a league that has so, so many resources. And again, I think they've, I think they've tried to step up, but for what, whatever reason, there's a lot of those players who just haven't raised their hand and asked for help. And this is what the league needs to do. They need to take that next step and and create something for families, something for friends, something for business associates, anybody who knows a player who they perceive to be struggling to get them help. And I know I know Vincent Jackson's family did that. Um it, it turned out to be too late. Um, and I don't know how many efforts they had before now. Like, we don't know the whole history of Vincent Jackson during or since he stopped playing football with a relationship to his family's concerns. But, you know, they had the missing persons. Um, they went out there and, and found him on February 11th on Thursday. And sometime between Thursday when, he, when they did the wellness check. and he, And look, there's only so much sheriff's department can do if he's seems okay, right? If he doesn't seem like he's endangering himself or others, he's not breaking the law. They found him. They report back to the family that they found him. And and that's all they can do for a wellness visit. But then the family, you know, was probably in the process of taking other steps. And it was too late because by as early as Saturday, um, possibly as early as Saturday, maybe by Sunday for sure, because there was maids going in and out of the room or housekeepers, and he didn't move. They found him in the same spot. And then finally, by Monday, they called. It was too late. And it's just it, the, the timing of that is heartbreaking, you know, because here's here's a family. Here's a wife. Here's, you know, four young children, his mom and dad who live here, all trying to find him, number one, and then get help for him, you know, once they did find him. And it it just seems like 
this was not an overnight occurrence. You know, everybody was stunned by it. Everyone was shocked by it. But, man, um, you know, where are those teammates, right? Where are those business partners? Where are those um, friends who had to have had to have seen something, you know what I mean? Had to have suspected something. I mean, the guy wasn't living at home. I mean, sometimes people are too private to really, you know, disclose what's going on with their marriage or their, you know, that sort of thing. That's understandable. But I don't know. I just, I find it, I find it so, what's so heartbreaking about this is that so many people cared about him and, and loved him in this entire community would have embraced him, but but they were all unable to do so. They all didn't know quite where to go, quite what to do. How do you get help for somebody who's not going to go and ask for it? And that's that's the norm with these guys. Uh, it just is. They're prideful guys. They're you know um, used to toughening it out. And and frankly, some of them don't know how sick they are. You know, uh, and they need intervention. And that's that's a difficult thing to do sometimes. But um, check it out. Check out John Romano's column. It was just it was excellent in the in the Tampa Bay Times or TampaBay.com on Vincent Jackson and uh, the headline with what we know about football. Should Vincent Jackson's death be a shock? This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Murata, where life is like a staycation every day. Contact them at MuratastayK.com. Okay, um, I wrote a column uh, myself in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com about the Tom Brady effect on the NFL. I don't know if you've been paying attention. I know you have, Steve, but, man, all of a sudden everybody is not happy with their quarterback. And, and really, a long time ago, uh, my good friend Rich McKay, who was the GM at the Bucks at the time, he said a very true statement to me. He goes, Rick, you know how many teams like their quarterback every year? And I said, how many? He goes, 12 at the time. Those are the 12 teams that made the playoffs. Every other team cannot stand their quarterback. They all want a new one. Well, and except that's not even true this year. Now it's 14, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, let's see. The Rams made the playoffs, traded their quarterback. Right, right, right. No, but that uh, was, like I'm saying, yeah. like back in the day, it was yeah. supposedly right. the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Now that's not even the case anymore. And I yep. think the the whole point of this is that Brady and the fact that the Bucks, you know, took a shot at a – forget the fact that he's 43 and the greatest of all time. We'll talk about that in a minute – but they brought in one guy, one guy who changed the entire culture of the franchise, who took a talented team that hadn't made the playoffs in 12 years and didn't just get them in the playoffs, even though they didn't win the division. They go on the road three straight games, and they end up winning the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl in their first year. And Brady also you know, got some guys to come along with him. Rob Gronkowski, who wasn't here when they signed, Leonard Fournette, Shady McCoy, Antonio Brown. Um, and you know what? The, some of the some of the Super Bowl quarterbacks took note of that. So you're right, Steve. It started with the Rams. It started with the Rams, and it's the closest comparison to what the Bucks did. Although the Rams, I mean, look, they they threw away a 26 year old Jared Goff who was in Super Bowl 53 just a couple of years ago and lost to Tom Brady. So it wasn't like this guy didn't have any success or their franchise hadn't been there recently. It had been. Um, but after you know a few years removed from that, they give up two first-round picks and a third-rounder to the Lions for 33-year-old Matthew Stafford because, much like the Bucks, they believe they are one player away, and that player is the quarterback. 
Well, and, and you know, the the Bucks showed the blueprint, but you know, in the Rams case too. I'll say there's a lot of similarities to the to the Bucks in that case. I mean, although I might say going into compared to last year, I think their defense is better than what the Bucks was going into. It was last better year. overall, yeah. Yeah, um, you know they've got the defense, they've got weapons. Uh, you know they just they didn't feel confident with Goff. I mean, heck, they played what John Wolf Wolford, yeah, over Jared Goff in the playoffs in the playoff game, yeah, yeah. So it shows you what they thought of Jared Goff by that point. Mm-hmm. So you know they've got the pieces there. I mean, you, you, Pittsburgh's talking about moving away from Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, there's a whole bunch. I mean, we, we'll we'll start mm-hmm. with the Rams, but then you go to the Eagles and Carson Wentz. Yep, he's only been there a few years. Look, a couple years ago, a former number two overall pick threw 33 touchdown passes, and then he tore his ACL. Well, he was going to be the MVP. He was going to be MVP of the league, and the the Eagles went on and won the Super Bowl that year. That he was so great, and and they've and they've given up on him. They trade him to the Colts, and it's only been three years since since he pulled that off. Um, we know that the, that the Bears wanted forever to get rid of Mitch Trubisky, who was the number two overall pick in 2017. You've now got the Jets out there saying that, well, maybe Sam Darnold isn't the guy. He was the third overall pick in 2018, and uh, now he's possibly um, available as well. And then there's a then there's this this group of quarterbacks that are just sort of like, what's going to happen, right? What are they going to do? Jameis Winston, right? Could, is Drew Brees going to retire or not? If he is, we should hear from any day now. And, and every every sign is that he is retiring. He's restructured his deal in a way that would indicate that to give New Orleans some cap relief because they still have a bunch of dead money coming in when he does quit. But you, you've got the intrigue of Winston. Dak Prescott, okay, coming off what was a devastating um, ankle injury. They franchised him a year ago, and now, you know, there's debate about whether he becomes a free agent or they franchise him again or is he going to be ready to play. And then there's all these guys like Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr and Garoppolo, even Matt Ryan. I don't think I don't think their teams want any of these guys. <laughs> I think they're all looking for better players. Carolina may not want Teddy Bridgewater, and they just they, signed exactly. him last year. Exactly. <laughs> they signed him. And that's who the Bucks would seriously, the Bucks were gonna go as 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 Bruce Arians has told us. He told the Glazers, look, um, I think we're one player away, and it's the quarterback. We had too many turnovers. We're, we're a playoff team. But if, I, you know, if it's Tom Brady, if not, then Teddy Bridgewater. And if not, we'll talk about Jameis. And Teddy Bridgewater was waiting to see what the Bucks were going to do. And, and then after he learned that Brady was signing here, it hadn't been announced, but he learned it, he went ahead and signed with Carolina. And he was there one year, and they're ready to kick him to the curb. So, I mean, this is – you can't tell me – um, with this unprecedented quarterback movement, and we saw some of it last year too. We saw, you know, guys like you know Philip Rivers was out there, and um, obviously Brady came to Tampa Bay, and you know there was movement a year ago. Jameis Winston going to New Orleans as a third stringer, um, but this is this is totally different, and it's always always been a quarterback league, and it's always been a copycat league, and I just think that teams sat back and said, hmm. You know, um, that quarterback, now they're not all Tom Brady. This is the other caveat. But, man, we, we should really think about if we don't like our guy, why are we sitting here, you know, beating our heads against the wall? Because they had a first-round pick. It took them five years to decide to move on from him and 30 interceptions later. But look look what's happened. And then, But it doesn't, it doesn't really stop there because 
here's the other thing that has happened. So you have these other quarterbacks, and this started as soon as Green Bay lost to the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. You have a bunch of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks that are watching this. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, as soon as they lost, called his future, what, a beautiful mystery? Okay? Now, that, that, that's a franchise that used a first-round pick on Jordan Love, okay, which, which invites all kinds of speculation about Rodgers' future. So Rodgers loses the NFC Championship game, and he's calling – he's sort of – both of them have kind of scaled that back, both the Packers and him, but he kind of makes it sound like, well, maybe I won't always play here. You know, who knows what my future is with the Packers? And people took that as kind of a cry for help that, you know, he wants more players. We, you know, this goes back to them drafting, you know, Jordan Love and not not another receiver, although I think they had plenty of weapons on that offense. Um, but but like I said, that, that, you know, he's paying attention to what's happening on the other side of the field. Russell Wilson, okay, who has won a Super Bowl, um, he was at Super Bowl 55 because he won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, and he hated being there. Like he said, like it was, it was torture for him. Um, but he had to be there for the ceremony and whatnot. And as soon as that game was over, he goes on Dan Patrick and starts talking about how he'd like to have more say in personnel decisions and w- uh, called on his team to fix their offensive line because he's been hit and sacked as much as any quarterback in the NFL. So... Some of the some of the established quarterbacks are now saying, "Hey, wait! If Brady can get Gronkowski and Leonard Fournette and build these Super Bowl super teams, why can't we do that here in Seattle?" Well, the NFL has always been the ultimate team sport. And you know, in particular, yes. you know, you don't play both ways like you do in basketball or hockey. You know, you're either on offense or your defense. You've got 53 guys, and the quarterback's always been the leader. You never, you know, you never heard quarterbacks never. You know, sat out. They never, you know, you know, running backs and receivers would sit out and want contracts. Quarterbacks never did. You kind of always sucked it up and and it did what was best for the team, mm-hmm. and you would sign because you're the leader and that's what everyone looks to. Quarterbacks never became free agents. It's just it, it's the way it, it was. Quarterbacks would just, you know, you get a good quarterback, you just keep resigning them. In 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 the last few years, I mean, with Peyton Manning going to Denver, kind of started it, I think. Maybe there's another one in there, but and, and that was more of an injury. And then you know they had Andrew Luck. They got and, Andrew Luck. Yeah. yeah, and so they were ready to you know move on. So you know Manning goes, but then Brady says, "Hey, maybe I want to try it somewhere else." And when the goat mm-hmm. does that, and Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick give him the contract that made him to become a free agent at age 42, he took it and tried it, and now everyone's seeing it. Going, wait a minute, I can do that too. And, and so now all of a sudden the. The power is shifting from the teams to the players. In this I regard. agree. When it comes to the quarterback position. I don't know if it's at every other position. Right. Because the quarterback position impacts the game so much. And we know that if you have an elite quarterback, you can go to the Super Bowl seven times in ten years. Or win it seven times in ten years. Win it, you know, go ten or win it ten or go ten times in twenty years, which is what Brady's done. And, you know, it's the elite quarterbacks that keep going back and back. You build the team around that, you figure it out once you get your quarterback. Uh, maybe your right. offensive and line it, and defensive line too, as Russell Wilson's talking about. But it's also right. putting teams on notice that, you know, if you don't get your stuff together, I'm not going to keep resigning contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you don't if you don't have the weapons and the pieces, and in, in, in including the lines and everything else, then you know, if you're, I mean, isn't that what Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson essentially have done to Detroit for years? They're so unhappy with the organization, they just retire. 
because they were in the middle yes. of contracts and that. I mean, it's you know, if you're a bad organization, it's going to be it, it's going to be harder and harder to succeed in the NFL. I think as much as they try to drive parity, and if you can draft well in that, you can still do well. But you know, dysfunctional organizations are going to struggle going forward. It's interesting that Sanders and Calvin Johnson, neither of them could talk their way out of Detroit, but somehow Matthew Stafford did, but he's a quarterback, and they got a pile of, of draft picks, first-round picks for him under a new regime that also got back a Jared Goff um, and is willing to you know to take and start with him and, uh, and sort of rebuild around a younger quarterback instead of their 33-year-old Matthew Stafford, who never won a playoff game there, um, but you know they didn't they didn't afford the same thing to a running back and a wide receiver here's the thing you're right it, it it's starting to look like the nba a little bit and you know we saw lebron james with the decision and all of that back in the day taking his talents to south beach and he joined Dwayne wade and chris bosh and they wound up winning two nba titles with the miami heat and he's still doing that today now basketball five players Right, you get three guys together. You're a super. You're a super team if they're all all stars. And if LeBron James is leading the band, um, you're in pretty good hands. And so he keeps showing up in the finals. What nine straight years or whatever it's been, something ridiculous like that. Um, and, and that is not football. Football, you know, the the quarterback plays one side of the ball. Okay, he can't stop anybody. He's not going to tackle anyone. So even if he went out there and did his job and threw up 31, 38 points a game, somebody's got to stop the other team. But in as much as you have these guys realizing their power, realizing, you know, in the case of Brady, um, you know, the the Patriots really didn't. He fought to be a free agent. You know, he wanted this opportunity to look around. And the Patriots, quite frankly, were ready to let him go. Um, They didn't make a a, a big pitch to try to keep him at age 43. They seemed to think they, they had it figured out. And then they went and got Cam Newton and... Um, and this sort of stuff, and it didn't work out, of course, for them. Um, but, well, but Brady... But they, they made that decision two years... I mean, that contract was signed two years prior. Two years earlier, And they yeah. made the bet that at age 43, he's not going to be, be what he mm-hmm. is today, and they probably didn't think he was as good then as he was, you know, years before that. So, I mean, right. they took they made a calculated risk and allowed him to become a free agent in two years and gave him mm-hmm. that in the contract like he asked or wanted mm-hmm. for him to re-sign for those two years. And, and they took a chance, and it didn't work out for them. I mean, you know, two years earlier, they didn't know the plan was Cam Newton. They didn't know what the plan was. Right. Um, you know, But that, they knew it wasn't him. Well, yeah, they knew that in two years he could walk away. Now, I think, you know, based on the way he played, they like, would have liked to have kept him. But he was already – his mind was made up. He wanted to try something different. Mm-hmm. And he did. And he picked – he hand-picked a team that had a, a really good defense, that everybody was coming back. Felt good about the defense. Figured he could, you know, it would take him a while to learn a new offense, and it did. Um, but he didn't stop there. Like he, he got players to come with him. He, you know, and a lot of these guys, they came. They didn't come to play for the Bucks. They didn't come to play because they liked, you know, the pirate ship or the the flag on the helmet. They came because Tom Brady was a quarterback, and he's a ringmaker. He's a, you know, um, I mean, he 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 just finds his way to Super Bowls over and over and over again. He's played in half of them in, in the, the 21 years he's been in the league. So, you know, um, some of them were probably willing to take less money. I think Leonard Fournette probably left some money on the table from other places he could have gone to. But regardless, that's the power of that position, and it's the power that I think these players, particularly the quarterbacks, the Russell Wilsons and others, and then also, you know, teams' willingness to say, hey, we drafted this guy, we had him a couple years, we just don't think he's going to make it 
take us to the Super Bowl. We're ready to move on and cut our losses. Because what happens is, and it happened with the Rams and golf, the biggest one of the biggest reasons why, you know, um, they had to give up so many picks to to move Jared Goff to the Detroit Lions was because they had this huge salary that they had signed him to, and they couldn't get out from under it. You know, and that's what happens if you have a rookie quarterback that you sort of like, kind of like. When he gets to the four, year four and five, if he's a first round pick, you got a fifth year option. But after that, you got to give him a hundred million dollars or more. And so when you do that, now you've affected the entire team because you don't have the salary cap room to add players around him. So you know it's it it becomes an all encompassing problem. But um, the Rams are willing to deal. You know, let's let's win now because we have a Super Bowl defense, we have good receivers, uh, we have a good offense, and we got a brilliant head coach play caller. What we need is a better quarterback. What we need is a guy that can still zip it around. And he's older. He's 30, 32, 33 years old, but um, tough as nails, doesn't miss games, will play hurt, and uh, and has a big arm and, and has all you know all the answers to the test. It's not on-the-job training for him. So I, I absolutely believe that the Rams will tell you that Brady had an influence watching what the Bucks did and no one's disregarding the fact that the Bucks had talent. You know, that's that's the one thing that you have in Tampa that you maybe don't have in some of these other places. But um, I, I, it's fascinating to me just how how much this season will. This may be the year where we look down the road and we go, you know what? That was the year that the quarterbacks realized how much power they had. You know, and and how they can influence what players were around them, the really good ones in particular. So, um, And it's also the year where teams said, we're one player away. Now, the one thing we know is Tom Brady's not out there. <laughs> He's not just going to walk through somebody's door. I mean, I think the best you can do is what the Rams did with Matthew Stafford for their team and their situation. And I think the Rams will be competitive all the way into the playoffs, and maybe that's the team that the Bucks would have to beat to go to the Super Bowl again. And oh, by the way, the Super Bowl is in Los Angeles, so they can't, you know, be the first team to go and play a Super Bowl in their home city. But they certainly could; they damn sure could be the second. So it's going to be fascinating. But check that out. Well, that means Tom Brady could be the first quarterback to win two Super Bowls when a team is playing in their own state. Not not his team, but a team. Not his team, a team. That's right. Yeah, he would have. (laughs) He would be just continuing to heap on the. uh, the the records and, and such. By the way, um, I sent you the uh, uh, the the uh, tweet that was out there. JD Martinez walked into camp with the Red Sox today, and somebody has made the T-shirt of drunk Tom Brady leaning on Ryan Griffin, and he had the uh, he had the creamsicle shirt on with uh, uh, with Brady and Ryan Griffin, you know, kind of staggering in off the boat parade, and and Brady saw it and he tweeted about it and he says, "LOL." He goes, "I'm never going to live this down, am I?" So, I thought that was funny. No, he won't live it down. But it's you know what? To be honest, it's a. Uh, I mean, we all love drunk cooch at the Lightning. Yes, we did. You know, let their hair down a little bit. I mean, you know, show their their human side. I mean, we love that with athletes. We love that. Endearing. Seeing yeah. the, the you know them being just like us. Right. It's yeah, just like us tossing <laughs> Lombardi trophies across the Hillsborough River. Yeah, I haven't seen his apology yet, have, though. No, you're not going to see one. I have so much in common with Tom Brady. Let's see, there's uh, nothing I have in common with Tom Brady um, other than supposedly he puts his pants on one leg at a time, but no one's no one can confirm that for No, me you both either. go to work at Raymond James Stadium. You could say that you have in common. Well, I guess. <laughs> I guess. There's some, some truth to that. 
We went to practice every day. Yeah. Um, the week of the Super Bowl, that was about it. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Moffitt Cancer Center. Moffitt is a proud partner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Contact them at one eight 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 Moffitt M O F F I T T. I wanted to ask you about a team that I'm a little concerned about, and that's that's the Tampa Bay Lightning, who got off to a tremendous start. Um, mm-hmm. I think they were like 10, 10, 1 and one or something like that. Well, now they've lost three out of four. We know that Florida took them down two out of three of those. And and now Carolina, they've had two shutouts this year. I think they had all two all of last year. I don't think they were shut out at all last year. They had two the year prior. Oh, is that right? So they were not shut out one time last it was, year. I think it was almost 100 games between shutouts. Oh, my goodness. Goodness. Great. Now they've been shut out twice, and both by the same team. Yeah, Carolina. So, first of all, Carolina is a good team. Florida and Carolina are very good teams. Um, they're both improved from last year, and they were playoff teams last year. They're both faster than they were last year. Um, I don't think it's time to panic yet. I, I don't think the Lightning have played well the last week uh, in losing those three or four. I think they got out of their structure. They've the, Their defense has been sloppy. Uh, clearing the puck's been, been, been very sloppy. What I would say is, is I think... I think the Lightning got off to a hot start playing teams that aren't very good. Detroit's and Chicago's, and although Chicago's been better than we expected, and they've gotten better as the season's gone on. So they racked up points against teams you're supposed to beat. That you know, you play who's on the schedule. Good for you. I think they run it, you know, they're running into a little bit of you're the Stanley Cup champ, and so the good teams want to measure themselves against you. I think Florida and Carolina treated some of these games closer to a playoff game where the Lightning have treated as game 15 of the season. It's not an excuse. I, I just You don't see the urgency in the Lightning's game right now. And part of it, it's, uh, is that the Stanley Cup hangover? Is it, is it, you know, right now they're without Sorelli, which I think hurts more than you think. It, he doesn't, he's not, this year he's been scoring more, but he's not a big scorer. But I think he impacts that team a lot more than you think. I mean, we know Braden Point drives a lot of the team in the offense and in his play and such. But I think Sorelli does a lot more on that second line that we don't you don't always see. It doesn't it doesn't show up in the stat sheet per se. So I, I think they're missing his impact as part of it. But I I think it's look. There's always going to be stretches in the regular season where you just struggle. It happens. It's it's a long season. This one's a little shorter, fifty six instead of eighty two. But I, I, I think I think what we've seen is Carolina and Florida have brought a lot more urgency to these games, in part either to show that they can do it against the Stanley Cup champs or measuring themselves, whatever you whatever you think it is. I think this these games have meant more to them, and I think you've seen it in the way the play has gone. Um, now, I look for tonight the Lightning to rebound, much like they got beat pretty bad in Florida the first game. They came back two nights later and – and handled Florida easily. What was it, six to one in that game? I, I look for a much better effort from the Lightning tonight against Carolina. Now, getting a goal would be helpful, um, but you've got to shoot it a little more. You've got to, you, you know, Blake Coleman on Sunday talked about, you know, we're doing things that, you know, I, I, I'm 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 coming down, you know, coming in the zone and I'm passing up shots that I would take nine out of ten times, and I'm passing it. And, you know, they're getting a little too maybe cute on the offensive end, but I, I think more defensively. They've been sloppy. They they haven't been making the simple play to get the puck out. They've been trying to make 
make perfect passes and that to get out of their zone, and it's cost them turnovers, cost them you know zone time, and, and it's, it's really hurt them. Um, I, they have some stuff to work on. I mean, if, you know, if this is if if the playoff started today and they're playing this way, it's not good. But I, you know, I don't I don't think it's time to panic yet. I think. I think you hear them saying the right things and knowing what they need to, to fix and work on. Now let's see if they can do it. they got three more against Carolina this week. Uh, they play tonight, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tonight's in Carolina, then Wednesday, Thursday at home. Um, I, I want to see how they respond these next three games and how they play. I, I don't necessarily you don't have to win all three per se, but just is their effort improved? Is their structure improved? And the things they've, they've talked about, is it getting better? I mean, they're a, they're a very talented team. Most likely they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, you still got to make it, and injuries, we'll see. But it's they're 15 games into the season. This isn't – it's not playoff time. They're, they're a veteran team that understands when to turn on. If you remember last year, they struggled the first half of the year. They were, what, out of the playoffs right before Christmas. And then they went on a run that was, what, 23-2-1. It started on the, the game before Christmas against Florida, and they won, you know, won 23 of the next 26. You know, they know – a veteran team knows when and how to turn it on. The question is, will they and, and will we keep seeing improvements from them? Well, that is interesting because of the schedule. Of course, their games got canceled mm-hmm. in Dallas, and they, 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 they ferried them up to Carolina and, and made them play those games. So now they have three more. You just mentioned yep. three more with Carolina. This takes on sort of a playoff series type mm-hmm. feel, right? When you when you're playing the same team night after night, there's an adjustment, then another adjustment back. Yep. And you mentioned Florida; they did. They beat them like six to one. But then you know what? Florida came back the next night and beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had this ebb and flow. You hope you have. You've seen the ebb. You hope you have the flow right. um, coming back up at Carolina, and I imagine they will. Um, what's What's hard to believe is that they haven't been scoring. You know that's. That's the part that you just kind of scratch your head. And they they have been sloppy in the defensive end, um, or not the defensive end, but in their own offensive end, turning the puck over. They've allowed a lot of odd man rushes, and they've given up way too many mm-hmm. you know turnovers. Uh, and 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 even Vassy has bailed them out a bunch of times, but hasn't been able to do it every time. But when you see the zero up there, it's like you mentioned, like trying to be too pretty, and that's usually the first thing that people point to. But they're not getting those sort of gritty goals, those rebound goals, those something to get you started. You know what I mean? Like, and, and their goaltender for Carolina played very, very well. I mean, he made a lot of saves. It's not like they didn't get any shots, but um, when you don't see the puck going, it's so unusual to see the lightning get shut out. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the shocking thing. Well, yeah, as good, and, you know, as good as their offense is. Absolutely. But don't forget, they're most dynamic offensive players out this season. I know, and we completely we dismiss that, and we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing, and I think you're right about Sorelli. Like, Sorelli is a 200-foot guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, he, he helps you all over the ice, and they don't have him either. But you do have Stamkos back, and he seems mm-hmm. to be playing well. He is. Um, you know, and some of the other guys have picked up their game, Joseph and some of those others. But it, it, they are missing the biggest piece of their team, uh, you know, an MVP – um, and we kind of like look past it because it got off such a great start. We probably shouldn't, you know, like they're having to learn to play um, with, with without, you know, certain players that are key to their lineup. And um, but it but it just it just has been, you know, it's just been this span of three out of four. And look, the, the schedule's messed up. They don't get to play. They play. They get a road trip canceled. COVID. I don't know how these this, these teams are going to get in all these games. I just don't know how they're going to do it. Well, they they travel day of on Saturday, which 
That's weird too. Yeah, they've done it in preseason. They don't do it in the regular season. Yeah, I'm curious if that had any impact. And, and they didn't have a morning skate. Probably. And, and did it impact their legs at all? I mean, you know, I mean, you, you sit there and think, ah, it's no big deal. It's a short flight. No, but, it's a big deal. But finely tuned athletes, you know, even that that little bit, does it impact them for a game? I, yes. I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, and I don't know if they'll ever tell you that. They'll say, no, we just didn't play well. We didn't do our structure. We didn't do this. But you kind of wonder. Both if, things can be true, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both, absolutely. Both things can be true. You didn't play well, and it was a factor. Yeah, they didn't look fast. No. On on Saturday. And part of that is, look, when you're making sloppy passes in that, I mean, speed comes when you're, those passes are tape to tape and you're, you're right. executing properly. When you're not and everything's a little off, it slows you down and you look slow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and they, they didn't look fast on Saturday for whatever reason. I mean, you know, they, they knew about the game. It wasn't made public till Friday, but they knew Thursday night they were going to Carolina. Right. So, I, you know, I don't think that was a part of it. But traveling day of could have had an impact on it. I don't know. Um, we may never know. I mean, the, the players tend to, you know, not make those kind of excuses for things right. and, and, and say that. But um, it, it's it, it, look, we're what fifteen, sixteen games into a fifty-six game schedule, so we're you know quarter of the way or just the past way. the quarter of the yeah. way. I mean, it's mm-hmm. they're still in a good position. You only need to finish in the top four in your division. And look, oh, they'll make the playoffs. Carolina, Carolina Florida, and Tampa Bay are the best three teams in the division. I don't think there's any mm-hmm. question about it. Right, and so if you're struggling and having some issues against the other two, the best two teams in your division, I mean, I, I guess I'd rather see the struggles and losses to those than if you're losing to Detroit or oh, sure. Nashville, uh, who's not very good this year. You know, when you're when you're you know Florida the other night lost to Detroit, they dropped two points against Detroit. That's a bad loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Florida should be beating Detroit. They beat them handily the night before and then lost the second game. That's two points they dropped in that in that case yeah um you know if you're beating up on those teams you know okay so like i said i still think florida and carolina viewed those more like playoff games of course it was it's measuring stick games we talk about it all the time yes the bucks next year are going to be everyone's target oh yeah on the schedule because you're the defending super bowl champs every time the bucks show up on the schedule it's that's the game you circle Mm -hmm. um you know that's the case with the lightning too and and you know and and i think there's some pieces missing in that i i I'm not worried yet, um, you know. And, and look, teams go through stretches. I mean, I, I don't, I, I can't tell. You, I mean, the, the year they won 62 was different, but have the Lightning lost three or four in a season before? Absolutely, happens every year. I mean, you go through stretches where you just struggle or, or things are just aren't right. I mean, that, that's what happens. So, I, I'm not worried yet, but you know, but note that you know they're doing this against the two best teams in the division. So. You know, you're losing to good teams. It's not like you're losing to bad teams. Right, but two teams that you're going to see down the road that mm-hmm. you're going to have to figure out how to beat, and you yep. don't want to have a psychological advantage on you going into the postseason. Although, you know, if we want to make a football analogy, we saw the New Orleans Saints beat the Bucks five straight times and then lose the big game at home yep. in the playoffs. So uh, it doesn't always mean, mean anything. You know, the regular season is a regular mm-hmm. season. Well, the other thing um, is you're going to face these teams eight times each all season. So oh, yeah. you're going to see yeah. them a lot more too. Plenty, Although you're yeah. getting Carolina four times in a week. So that's half your match. That's crazy. That's crazy, right? It, it really For is. Hockey? But you know, it, they're making do with what they've got to do this year. So I know, I know it's going to be a mess. Well, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk more about the lightning. We'll talk yeah. about the race this week. We got a lot of news going down with them. Um, a big you know, win Mark for the Raptors on, on Sunday last night. week. Yeah. Who'd they knock off? They knocked off the Sixers, the top seed in the East. 
Really? Wow. Yeah, they beat them. They beat the, the Bucks, who are the second seed. They beat them last week on the road. So Raptors Bucks are actually a lot of people. Yeah. The, the Raptors are actually the uh, what the fifth seed in the East right now. If the season ended today, so playoff. Oh yeah, they're Champa, they're, Champa mean, Bay, uh, what, man. I think the top ten teams are making the playoffs this year. Seven through ten have to do like a play in for mm-hmm. the last two seeds. So because eight from each conference. So right now, I think Tampa's uh, what they're a game above five hundred. They're what in fifth place, I believe. I saw so. It's in the water. Watch out for the Toronto Blue yeah. Jays. They're staying in Dunedin. I'm telling you. It's in the water, man. Rays and uh, Jays for top for the AL East. Is that what you're saying? Rays and Jays. Knocking off yep. the Yanks. and Absolutely. Yanks, Red Sox, nobody's got a chance. It's going to be Rays and Jays. Seriously, in all, in all seriousness, the, the Jays have one of the best lineups in baseball. Like, they can yes. absolutely mash. Like they young got young guys, too. Young, young. young guys just just – Absolutely mash, and they and they they've been a tough team for the Rays for a number of years now. Even when when uh, the last couple, you know, but mm-hmm. I think I think they're getting better all the time. And something in the water, man, Champa De- Champa Bay, it's a real thing. Just go down the Hillsborough River, get a little get a little juice, man. You're good. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Brightling Boutique. You know, Brightling Boutique in International Plaza, just one of only fifteen. In the United States, now they welcome championship quarterbacks and Hall of Famers and boxers as clients, but they treat everyone the same, and they'll treat you like a celebrity too. Now, just tell them that Rick and Steve sent you, and you will get a free Breitling cap just for trying on one of those beautiful Breitling watches. Breitling Boutique, International Plaza. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. We've got um, we got an exciting week coming up. We'll probably uh, hear from Tom Jones a couple days. We will. Um, we definitely. Well, I've confirmed that with him, so he is uh, back for this week. He needed to take last week off, but yeah, yeah, had a little ear problem. We'll tell you about that. Um, but uh, also, hey, how about tomorrow for the podcast? Get your mailbag questions in. There's a lot going on, right? You can ask us anything about all the headlines you see. Um, about the box, obviously free agency. I'm going to be doing a lot of free agency stuff. Um, tough to repeat. We know that this is one of the reasons trying to keep the team together. Um, I, I didn't tell you this. I, I don't have a date for this yet, but I think at some point we're going to check in with Mike Greenberg, uh, the Bucks capologist. He's oh, told excellent. me he will come. Yeah. He will come on the podcast and explain how the whole damn thing works. Um, and Greeny, Greeny, you know, Greeny's done a great job. I mean, he, he is, you know, he's he's the wind in their sails, so to speak, because he really keeps that thing going, has to run football ops. And in the COVID era, um, it's been unbelievable what they've had to deal with, with the testing and the protocols and all the things that he does, um, you know, in the football administration side of things. So we'll probably talk to him. Um, but your mailbag questions, so ask us anything that you have about the Bucks, uh, the Bolts, the Rays, uh, USF, Florida, um, Florida State, whatever you got. Yeah. Hey, we're one day, we're one day from the first uh, spring training workout for the race. It's incredible. On Tuesday, man. I can't wait. I'm I'm ready. I got my TVs. I'm ready for baseball. I really am. I'll be watching spring training games if they televise them. I will. 
I'm just I'm geeked up about it. I don't know. It's going to be fun. So submit your questions on Twitter at SportsDayTB, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on um, Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.